Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast, December 7th edition, brought to you by Fresh Clean Teas. You guys have heard me talk about Fresh Clean Teas a lot lately. I love them. As I said yesterday, I keep one of the Fresh Clean Teas in my car at all times, just in case. Uh, maybe, maybe you're Showdown Joe. You're going to UFC 206. Somebody spills some ridiculous Tim Hortons coffee all over, all over your shirt, because that's what Canadians drink, apparently. You don't have anything. Well, luckily, you can go switch into one of those beautiful, fresh, clean tees, and you're good to go. Not only that, people will be like, Joe, why aren't you wearing a suit? And they'll come up and they'll slap you on the shoulder. Then they'll go, oh, damn. That's why you're not wearing a suit, because that shirt is so soft. You want to let everybody know about it. That's what Fresh Clean Teas does. Whether it's a subscription service or a one-shop uh, one option, you can do both and go there and use the code FIGHTFUL and save 20%. Not only that, head over to Twitter. Let Fresh Clean Teas know where you heard about them here at the Fightful Podcast from Sean Ross Sapp. Let them know and let these people know that your style is on point with Fresh Clean Teas. Like, I know us in the MMA community, we don't always have the best of styles. We got... A bunch of dumbass skeletons with wings popping out of out of their bodies and crowns on, and they're like choking werewolves and stuff on the shirts with blue foil. Not this stuff. Not a fresh, clean tees. Just some basic, stylish, really soft tees. Premium tees without the premium price. Use that code Fightful, my friends. I'm joined by Showdown Joe. Joe, how are you? Well, you know what? Fresh, clean. Every Canadian out there knows that. No matter what type of cologne or perfume you wear, uh, you're always going to smell either a breath. It may be coming off a little stain at the top of your shirt. We just we always smell like coffee up here, and it's always tins. So it is what it is. Well, apparently the Tim Horton stuff is moving into my area. I, I hear that's that's the rumor. Yeah, Tim's just so. I, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to Canada. Or those that have been up to Canada, there is a Tim Hortons like within two maybe a, a mile within each other like there's there's a there's a tim's every mile right like over here in, in canada wow. every two kilometers or so 
It is, it's like there's, for every McDonald's, maybe there's two or three Tims. It's crazy. Damn. Like, I didn't know it was like, is it just in Toronto or what? Yeah, well, I know in the in the greater Toronto area, like you, you cannot go, you can't drive more than a mile or two without finding a Tim's. And if it's not an actual Tim's location, it's a Tim's within a gas station. It's a Tim's within a, not, maybe not Costco or anything like that, but they are everywhere. Kiosks in malls, like everywhere. Lineups doesn't matter what time of day. Lineups are 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 always backed up. Josh Johnson says yes. There are so many. Montreal is like that too. We've got plenty to talk about. UFC Albany, UFC 206. But the first thing I want to get to, Joe, is Chris Cyborg's situation. I don't get it anymore. I don't understand anymore, Joe. I don't. And I'm going to break down everything like in regards to that 145 division. Okay, so here, here's what's up. Chris Cyborg has been saying in interviews over the last several weeks if the UFC doesn't give me a 145-pound division, I'm out. I'm out. Well, here's the thing. We come to find out on this week's episode of UFC Unfiltered, which dropped a lot of good information. This division's already been proposed. The UFC wants to create a 145-pound division for Cyborg. They offered her Holly Holm, who accepted the fight, only to have Mike Winklejohn say, no, you don't want this fight, only to have her agent say, yes, we accepted the fight. Ultimately, it doesn't matter anyway. Cyborg turned it down. Then offered Jermaine Duran to me. Second time in just a few months, she's been offered that fight and rejected it. Both for the 145-pound title. Cyborg said that she needed time to recover from a weight cut. Now, uh, noted weight cut expert Ian Kidd has stated that's, that's unheard of. You've never, that's not something that happens. You don't need five months to recover from a weight cut. You might need it for, for injuries or being banged up. Uh, worth noting that Ian Kidd is writing a weight cutting book, I believe with George Lockhart, who Chris Cyborg then criticized and said she's not working with anymore. George Lockhart learned, learned this, and he was heartbroken over the news. Uh, Cyborg criticized her last weight cut, said that she almost died in the bathtub. Now, I don't know about you, Joe, but if I'm about to die in a bathtub over an MMA fight, I probably get out of the damn bathtub and stop cutting weight. Um, I realize there's a lot to unpack here. I'll just let you have at it for a little bit, Joe. There's something underlying here. There's got to be something else that's going on here because none of this stuff makes sense. Uh, either the, the only thing I can, I can, well, I mean, is he spin doctoring something here? I mean, is, is this actually true that, I mean, Cyborg has fought at 145 pounds how many times and now she, she uh, didn't deny it. I'll, I'll say that much. She didn't deny it. She said that she'll, she's willing to fight in March. Sorry to interrupt, but, uh, that eight weeks and 10 weeks wasn't enough for her to cut to 145. That is, that is, I, that is unheard of. That is absolute insanity. I, I don't know what to believe anymore. Uh, and like I said, with this whole Dana White thing, because, you know, Patrick Cummins recently came out uh, and basically challenged all the listeners that were listening into that unfiltered uh, podcast about Dana White saying he made 300,000. He said he made nothing near that. Uh, he'd say he made 8,000, uh, to show and then a 50,000, uh, sort of late bonus. But I know Dana White spin doctors, a lot of things. Uh, and, and we all know cyborg competes at 145 pounds. 
So it just, none of this makes sense. I mean, eight to 10 weeks should be more than ample time for any mixed martial artist to make the weight that they compete in. Uh, is there an injury here? Is she not saying, is she trying to hide an injury? Uh, I, you can't tell me she's holding out for the Ronda Rousey fight. I don't, I don't think she's afraid of Holly Holm. I don't think uh, Cyborg's afraid of, of, of Duranby. I mean, th- none of this makes sense. It, it, it is so pardon the the but it's so illogical it just doesn't make sense none of it makes sense yeah i don't think that chris cyborg's afraid of anybody i don't think really anybody's afraid of her in that division she's turned down duran to me twice that is very interesting to me uh she turned her down at a catch weight and then at 145 and Jermaine Durand to me, really the only woman out there screaming, give me Cyborg, give me Cyborg, give me nobody but Cyborg. I don't, I don't know what that means. I'm more shocked that the UFC is actually creating this division. This is now, – now, a lot of people said, well, they did that for Ronda Rousey. Well, no, they really didn't. They really didn't. There, were, there was Misha Tate. There was Sarah Kaufman. There was Alexis Davis. There were a few girls in that division that, that were there. There were a few. Uh, this is one, one Joe. This isn't four or five. You could you could do that. I'm gonna pull up a couple of rankings. There's FightMatrix.com, May Rising, which many people consider the unified women's rankings. Um, I think Robert Sargent still has has a hand in that. Don't know. Chris Cyborg number one in MMA Rising, right? Yeah. You've got Marlus Kunin, Julia Budd, number two and three. They are in Bellator. They're out. Cyborg already beat uh, Marlus Kunin. Number four is 39-year-old Charmaine Tweet, who I absolutely adore. She is a sweet woman. She is 39 years old and has already had her ass thoroughly kicked by Cyborg. Arlene Blincrow, seven and six, ranked number five. She is in Bellator. Megan Anderson, seven and two. She has already been beaten by Cyborg. Latoya Walker, five and one. Did she, who did she just fight? She just fought somebody. But either way, she's 37 years old. She just lost to Charmaine Tweet. 37 years old. Six fights, number seven ranked. Uh, Gabby Holloway, number eight ranked fighter in the division, five and four. She is in Bellator. Uh, Daria Ibragimova, she's nine and two, number nine ranked. Solid prospect. Also already had her ass kicked by Cyborg. All right. You're getting down to the number 10 fighter. Helena, I think number, she, she's had five fights and she's in the top 10. Then you get past that, Joe, and it's like Peggy Morgan. She washed out of the UFC at 135 already. She's barely 500. She's up there in years. I don't get it. Now, now in the uh, fight matrix rankings, you've got some names like uh, the MMA rising list is really a no nonsense. They don't really tolerate missing weight. So Alexis Dufresne isn't in there. Um, Lena Landsberg isn't in the, the MMA rising rankings, but she's in the, the fight matrix, but that's who cyborg just beat. What, what's the deal, Joe, in the fight matrix rankings, you have a girl who's two and O ranked number 13. CM Punk was a 145-pound woman, Joe. He might be a top 15 fighter in the UFC. <laughs> it's just, it's so crazy. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I always thought there was a way more depth 
at that division, but the depth is is very very thin. Uh, I I don't get. It would be different, I think. You know, you and I have talked about it, and, and you've championed this cause many times. That if there was that division, it would actually be there'd be a fluctuation between the girls going to 135 and to 145. If they can't do it at 135, you'd see them go to 145. So I think the depth could happen, not overnight, but can happen fairly quickly. I just, I just don't get it. It just, it's so strange. It's so bizarre. Uh, there's gotta be something else going on here. And maybe it is an injury. Uh, I cannot see her holding out for a Rousey fight. Uh, I, I don't see her looking at, Holm and, 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 and Durambi as, as any sort of threat. No, it's, it's, it's very odd, very odd. You're going to get the Jermaine Durandamies jumping up. You might get a Holly Holm jumping up. Um, this is going to help some women, like maybe a Jessica I, like maybe a Raquel Pennington, who are rather small bantamweights. They might not have to combat those huge, huge women's bantamweights. So that, that could be a benefit. And I did see someone say, well, that might prevent a 125 division. Yeah, because if you're diluting that women's bantamweight division with this division, I can't see them making a women's strawweight. If, and jo- Joanna is the one that wants – or not women's strawweight, women's flyweight. Joanna really wants that uh, women's flyweight division too. So here's the thing, Joe. If you're creating a division just for Chris Cyborg, are you creating a division just because Joanna wants it too? Huh. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, Somebody who's given you a lot more in the UFC than Chris Cyborg has been willing to? Yeah, there's no argument there. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, I mean, if, if I mean, Cyborg, you know, if, historically, if we look at all the headlines, has given the UFC nothing but headaches, especially, you know, UFC President Dana White, whereas Ioana has, you know, been her fair share of, a, of you know, a great. So this is sort of odd. This is this is yeah. I think if you're going to do it for Cyborg, you, you'd have to do it for Joanna. Who well, I'm very upset at, by the way. She never came to Titan. Broke my heart. So and yeah, it's just, it's just a super weird situation. Like every time the UFC tries to get the ball rolling with this woman, there's an excuse. There's a reason. Almost three years ago, she appeared on Inside MMA and she said, "I'm dropping to 135." Joe, I wrote and I may re-release it. I wrote a full timeline of the history of the Ronda Rousey, Chris Cyborg weight situation. Everything from Ronda Rousey saying, listen, I'm not ready for this, like maybe a year and a half into her her fight career, up until about summer of 2015. And it was, it's full of weird things. Like Cyborg said, hey, I'm dropping to 135. I remember February 2014. Uh, Access TV inside MMA. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. She pulled out of several Invicta fights or a fight scheduled where, where she was supposed to be at 135. They, they moved it up to 140. She said, okay, I can make 140. I'll fight Ronda at 140. She doesn't want to fight at 140 anymore. Meanwhile, Ronda's walking around just above 135 apparently. I no longer want to see that yeah. fight at all. If Chris Cyborg says that she can't, make 145 in a healthy manner in eight to 10 weeks, then I sure as hell don't want to see a Ronda Rousey who is walking around just above 135 fighting her anymore, Joe. Yeah, that's, that's true. That 10 pound difference would be absolutely huge. It'd be obviously a lot more uh, than a 10 pound difference. I mean, uh, I would love to just see what like right now. I mean, I've seen her 
uh, numerous times walking around when she's not competing. Uh, and I can assure you, um, yeah, I, I told the story before on this podcast when we first started about being a big bear with uh, Tito Ortiz and, and the sports the team and, and Tito saying, why don't you, why don't you just roll with Cyborg uh, while we get ready here? And I took one look at her and I was nope. <laughs> I'm good. She literally picked up the guys when they had her in a triangle, literally was picking guys up like Quentin Rampage Jackson, not slamming them, but picking them up with ease. And they're like, well, okay, wow. legs open. Yep, legs open. I'm good. Her back. I could, like, I mean, her back was just like, holy Looks smokes, like you can grate cheese on it. No, I don't want to spar with her. She'll, she'll yeah. like, destroy me. Now, and, and there were some people speculating, oh, maybe she's trying to cycle off. No, she's tested by USADA in and out of competition. It is Correct. not anything in regards to that, in my opinion. I think USADA does a damn good job with her. I just don't get – at some point – you're a five foot seven woman. You're an athlete. You, you don't got to walk around at 175 pounds. You don't have to do that, Joe. That's not mandatory. Yeah, it's all, it's all, that's all discipline, though. It's all discipline and psychological and, you know, where do you want to be at? But there, that's just eight to 10 weeks, man. That, that's a camp. Like, what do you want? I don't get it. Like, does she have a training camp before the training camp? She's a camp to get to a certain weight, then she starts the fight camp? I mean, it, it, this is not making sense at all. I mean, we're living – we're about to go to a – we're about to cover a pay-per-view where a guy who's lost three of his last four fights is fighting for an interim title when there is a healthy, undisputed champion. So titles in the UFC, I don't know. It seems like titles in the UFC peaked at UFC 205, and now – they're going almost the pro wrestling method of props. It's kind of weird. I don't, I don't know. By the way, guys, in case you missed the announcement, our new Friday podcast co-host, none other, none other than the Hurricane, Shane Helms of WWE fame. Uh, we filmed our first show today, kind of a practice show. Um, we're sending him new mic, new camera and stuff so that the technical uh, issues will be sorted out. He talks a lot of MMA. He talks a lot of uh, pro wrestling. He is an MMA fan, Joe. I'm going to have to get him on one of the shows with us sometime. I think you'll be very surprised. He's he's a big MMA fan. That's awesome. Love to hear it. That's cool. Yeah. Heard you had a meeting with Jimmy Van today. Uh, yes, Jimmy Van went uh, to the office. Uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Interesting. We'll see. Uh, we'll see where it goes. Um, good dude, man. Love Jimmy, man. It's a good, good guy. He's got a good operation going over there. And uh, we talked a few different ideas, uh, some items that um, he'd like to see with the uh, with Fightful.com, some things I'd like to see with Fightful.com. Uh, and then we just talked, just dudes, two dudes talking. And we were originally scheduled to meet for half an hour, then go out for lunch with a few more executives. Uh, and then I could be on my way because I had some other stuff that I had to take care of. Uh, to get out of Midtown Toronto, uh, that's where he's at, and head north. And we started around 11.30, and we're supposed to go for lunch at 12. And <laughs> they were talking in the boardroom, just him and I. I looked down on my phone, and I'm like, uh, Jimmy, it's 12.45. <laughs> uh, we're not going for lunch in 15 minutes. I have to run. Uh, I've got to get to the north end of the city by 2 o'clock. And he's like, are you kidding me? I said, yes, it's 12.45. He looks down. He's like, oh, no. He goes, we'll have to do it again. I said, yeah, we'll do it again. Let me just go take care of this, and we'll, we'll reschedule. But, yeah, we've been going back and forth, messaging, and there's a few ideas uh, going out there. So we'll see what's up. 
some interesting changes coming to Fightful.com. He disappeared for a couple hours a day in the middle of us having a discussion about content. Then he's like, oh, I met with Joe. And I was like, I see how it is. Joe was <laughs> going to bat for me to get that, that super, that giant Christmas bonus. I'm trying to get one for me and David Tease and Joe and Carlos and Alex. And Joe said, listen, guys, don't pay me anymore. Just give them bonuses. It was very great, very gracious of Joe, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, you know. <laughs> we got UFC 206 this weekend, Joe. Edis Holloway. How do you think that fight goes? That's, that's a hell of a fight. I like it, man. I, I just I don't know what to do with Anthony Pettis anymore. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, uh, going back to that interim title thing, I mean, just stop, man. Make it a number one contender fight. It's a number one contender fight. That's all it really is. And the winner fights, you know, Jose Aldo Jr. That's it. This interim title thing, just to, to sell it on a pay-per-view, okay, fine, whatever, uh, to headline a pay-per-view, whatever. But it's just it's not an interim title fight. It's a number one contender fight. That's what it is. Uh, in terms of breaking it down, I, I don't know wh- wh- what to think because, you know, every time I think Max Holloway's met his match, he proves me wrong. And every time I think Anthony Pettis is going to destroy somebody, he just gets, you know, he gets in big trouble or it goes 50 minutes when I think, ah, it's going to go around, around and a half. So, it's one of those matchups where I like I like these types of matchups, Sean, that I don't have a definitive, hey, this is what's going to happen, or I think on paper this is what's going to happen. This one I don't know. I, I really like to see how it's going to shake down and break down, and it's going to be fun. I'm going to be there, thankfully, uh, not under a media capacity, uh, but I will be there, and I'll just get to enjoy the fights. So we'll see. Holloway versus Pettis is a high-level fight, but, I mean, like you said, just a number one contender fight. There, there's nothing wrong with that. Put that on the poster. Number one contender fight. People will be interested just the same, I think. Uh, Pettis has the reach on Holloway, but they are very similarly built. They're both the, these tall, wiry featherweights who love to stand and bang, but if, they go, if it goes to the ground, you know, both can handle themselves. I don't know that Max Holloway will have the overwhelming wrestling that that uh, Anthony Pettis maybe sometimes fears when when he doesn't let loose on his strikes, but Holloway's more than capable on the ground. Now, he did get out-wrestled by Conor McGregor for quite a while, but th- that was a very young Max Holloway. So I, that that's such a, that's a, a high-level fight. It's the type of fight you would want to see headlining a Fox card, I think, two this big names. Card, yeah, this whole card is, is 100% a Fox card. Right. This this, yes. this this has no pay-per-view to it whatsoever, in my opinion. I mean, losing that light heavyweight title fight just destroyed it. Not getting GSP versus Bisping um, obviously would have really enhanced this. So, Excuse me. Nikita Krylov is fighting on this show, Joe. Now, just changed my mind. This is a pay-per-view card. You were talking like they lost that big light heavyweight fight, and I'm sitting there thinking, uh, Nikita Krylov's still on the show. <laughs> What's the deal here? Yeah, he's fighting my boy Misha, so that'll... yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about that. Sorry, I lost you for a second. Um, yeah, I lost you as well. Let's go ahead and talk about that show. This is this is you know I joke about Nikita Krylov. This is the big fight in that division. The winner could. I mean, I just ran down the women's featherweight division. Well, in light heavyweight, you've got Glover Teixeira, who ain't getting any younger. Uh, Ryan Bader, who ain't getting any more popular. 
Jimmy Manoa, who just can't put it together. Ovin St. Bruce Spur, he's inconsistent at best. Shogun Hua, that's that's another one getting up there in the years. Nikita Krylov's ranked number eight. Serkinov is number 13. This is a big time fight in that division, and it came out of nowhere. This is huge for Misha, to be honest with you. It, it's it's good for Nikita, but it's it's like that old adage of you and I, that I've talked to you about before. You're protecting your your ranking, right? You're protecting your number eight ranking from the num- number thirteen guy right now, right? Whereas if the number thirteen guy wins, you can make the argument he should be number eight. Those things. Well, this this fight could propel uh, Misha into the top ten. Uh, and it can keep uh, Nikita not not only relevant, but you just took out another prospect in the division. You continue to look good. Now it's time for bigger and better things. Forget about fighting guys below you in the rankings. Now you've got to fight guys higher in the rankings. Do you think they should create an interim light heavyweight title, Joe? Daniel right Cormier there. said. Daniel Cormier said that he's not going to be back until late February, early March. Now. Joe, we know what that means. He ain't coming back till like May or June. He's got knee problems. He's always had knee problems. Uh, Rumble Johnson turned down Gegard Musashi. I looking at that. I bet if Anthony Johnson knew that Daniel Cormier was going to be out five or six months, he would have taken that fight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know what? You put Gegard Musashi in an interim light heavyweight title shot. I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad about it. No, not, not with gets, the run. He, he's on a spectacular run right now. Yeah, no, I got you. And, he, and he's done it above middleweight before. He beat Mark yep. Hunt. And then you look up and down that division, and it's like, okay, you can't put Rumble Johnson against Gustafson, Teixeira, Bader, Manawa. He's killed them already. Uh, or or they've, they've ran out of title shots. That's just, that, and that's number two through five. Ovint St. Preux had his shot earlier this year. It's sad that the light heavyweight division is in a in a space where you have to either pick a middleweight in Musashi or Mauricio Shogun Hua for an interim title shot. Yeah, it's slim pickings there right now. It is big time slim pickings. Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. Like, I mean, Musashi going on that run at 185 pounds is absolutely ridiculous and absolutely fantastic. And I can see why Rumble's like, that's a big risk, man. Like. The guy's got skills. The guy's got talent. He's fought in this division before. Uh, he's currently on this this incredible run in 85. I don't want him coming up to 205 and then taking my spot here where he's a guy that could potentially get two title shots, one at middleweight, one at light heavyweight. Uh-uh, it's not worth it. But like you said, if he knew ahead of time that, you know, DCBO for such a long time, maybe he considered because there's no way in my mind you're ever going to, not you, but just people in general are going to convince me that Rumble's afraid of Musasi. Not in a million years. I think it's more of a, you know, protect your stock, protect your value right now. So that's the place we're at in this light heavyweight division. Who you got in this Krylov-Serkinov fight? All jokes aside, uh, Nikita Krylov much improved. Like, gone are the days of that Von Flew choke. Now he's facing Misha Serkinov, who, I mean, I had to scout this guy. My my one of my former coaches. That's who he beat to get into the UFC uh, in May of 2015. This and, and we saw that, and we're like, man, this is an uphill battle. This is rough. And he comes to finish fights, and he does that. He's been doing that. I think the last time he didn't finish a fight was maybe four or five years ago. 
Misha's a bad dude, believe me. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll always have a soft spot for Misha because he's the guy that got me into more clubs in Toronto uh, <laughs> than you can possibly imagine. It, I would just show up. He's like, give me one of those waves. Get over here, Joe. So, uh, it was actually one of my lawyers at the time that had a really, really nice place downtown, and Misha was the head of security at the time. This is when he was building his career. Uh, so I, I, I know Misha can definitely handle himself outside of the octagon, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, and inside the octagon, he once again continually proves that you know his skills are are just they get better. He's got tons of confidence behind him. But when you fight a guy like Nikita Krylov, I think when you look at the two styles, uh, and you know, Misha could prove me wrong by landing an incredible combination, but I think Misha's got to get on that inside, get this fight down on the ground, control Krylov, frustrate him, not give Krylov any space or opportunity to do what he likes to do uh, if he's, if he's going to try to. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply win this fight because if, if you can't get a hold of Krylov and you allow him to tee off, it, it's good, it could get ugly for Misha. Yeah, Krylov keeps a really unusual pace for light heavyweight. So I'm yep. this is this is a more competitive fight than he's seen in that division probably since OSP. So this is going to be a very telling fight for both men. Donald Cerrone, Matt Brown. This is a match made in heaven. Now, here's the thing with Matt Brown. If you can cut an angle and throw a left kick, you have a chance of beating Matt Brown. That's just that's an unfortunate reality. He is very susceptible to the body kick. Um, that being said, that, that's come to hurt Donald Cerrone a few times too. However, Donald Cerrone has some absolutely wicked body kicks, especially left body kicks. This, I mean, the blueprint's out on how to beat Matt Brown. I think that's that, that could be what it boils down to. I'm not going to go the full-on Sean predicts mode where I say this is happening. But it would not make me surprised at all to see Donald Cerrone go after the right side of uh, of Matt Brown's body in this fight. And Donald Cerrone, if he wants to – he keeps inching up towards title contention. This is another big fight for him. Matt Brown, this is more of a fight for him to say, I'm still relevant because he's lost four or five fights. This is the first time you and I have done a podcast together where I have absolutely nothing to say. You stole my thunder with the left body kick analogy. I've got nothing else to say. I firmly and wholeheartedly believe that even if Matt Brown knows it's coming, that's what Cerrone and his camp are looking at and saying, we're going to do it. May not happen in the first minute. May not happen in the second minute, but we're going to keep disguising it, and we're going to throw it, and we're going to throw it, we're going to faint with it, and we're going to do it, and it's just going to do whatever they can to land it, uh, unless Matt can catch it and 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 take it down to the ground, which I don't think he really wants to do uh, with Donald Cerrone. And uh, I, I don't know if if the the one thing that Matt can do, uh, you know, is that whole rock 'em sock 'em, put the pressure on Cerrone if you can, and have Cerrone backing up. But Cer- Cerrone knows his angles; he knows how to use them, provided he doesn't get trapped against the cage. Uh, I, I, I just see him out striking it, and it's the body kick. It's the left body kick. You're right. I think that's going to be uh, the difference in this fight. And it's so bad that we have to call it a blueprint. 
on how to beat Matt Brown because Matt Brown really technically can't be beaten when you think about it. It's just guys that know how to do it. So that left kick, they tend to catch him. The thing about Donald Cerrone is he could probably finish you with leg kicks from either leg. He could finish you with body kicks from either leg. He could finish you with head kicks from either leg. That is that is an unfortunate thing for Matt Brown, but I'm still looking forward to this fight. What a fight this is. Yeah. Uh, and let's be honest, let's let's not kid ourselves. Matt Brown can win this fight. Like let's 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 not joke around yeah, here. Like definitely. this he could cause a lot of damage here. Oh, 100%. He could I, I wouldn't be surprised if he emerged victorious here. He's he's on a rough streak. He's been on those rough streaks before. Uh, guys, visit Fightful.com for all your pro wrestling, MMA, boxing coverage, more live coverage than any site in the world. Go register to get early access to, to several of our podcasts uh, like this one, the Matt Riddle Show, the new Shane Helm Show, our pro series featuring EC3, Jason Kincaid, Deanna Perrazzo, our forums, contests, giveaways, all kinds of cool stuff over at Fightful.com. Let people know about the site, share it, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook groups, Reddit, all that stuff really helps. Also, vote for us in the Sheedy Awards, recognizing our fantastic coverage in pro wrestling. Hot damn. Hope we win those, Joe. Add some things to my – I can, like, draw something. I can draw the award in the background for every (laughs) podcast I do. I would be stoked. Oh, man, what's next? Um, Duho Choi. You mentioned the Matt Riddle show. Did did Matt get in trouble or some of that recently? Okay. I love Matt Riddle, Joe. Like our show started off a little unusual. Our show started off kind of unusual. Like when we started, I tried to make the Matt Riddle show like a new show. That ain't, that's just not how you, you work with Matt Riddle. So now we talk about MMA. We talk about pro wrestling and we talk about forced circumcision, you know, anything in the news. And it's great. Matt is over in China talking to some high-powered people about WWN Live, which is a wrestling promotion. They're getting into MMA in China. Uh, They are involved with the Flow Sports, Flow Combat thing. Matt took his microphone and his computer to China, where, like, they have their own Facebook. They have major restrictions on the Internet. And he did a show over there at 3 in the morning from China for Fightful.com. About 50 minutes in, China cut that shit out. No. And he was not able to do the show anymore. I don't think he got in any trouble. He's out there posting pictures of him in suits, and he's out there training and stuff. But Matt Riddle took a microphone like this, this size microphone, guys, the one you see that's bigger than my head, to China with him. And his steam machine. That guy. That guy. I love him. Total gangster. Total gangster. He's crazy. Like he could, oh, he could, that's like 20 years in prison over there. Jeez, man. That guy. Wow. <laughs> what reminded you of China? Was it Duho Choi? Come on. I know what's going on. I just said Joe. I said do Ho Choi and you brought up China. He's South Korean, Joe. Come on. <laughs> I did nothing of the sort. That's wrong. exactly what happened. Oh, that's terrible. Come oh, on, Joe. Jeez. Oh, man. I still think, uh, Joe, we had a guy say 
maybe if Aaron Cobb gets diabetes, he'll lose his feet and make weight. There's nothing that's going to get worse than that on this show. Actually, no, there's, I've, I've said worse. I've said worse. True. I won't repeat it, but I've said worse. Cub Swanson, Duho Choi. This is a banger. This is another fight. Like, hey, whatever happens in this fight, you could either see, you could probably see the exact same thing happen in the main event. This is kind of like a little sneak preview of the main event. Two guys who can strike really well and like to go out there and bang. I'm excited for this. Yeah, my buddy was uh, a friend of mine that I'm taking down on on Saturday. Uh, He's had a bit of a rough go uh, in his own personal life. Uh, He suffered two very close losses. He lost his wife. He lost his mother uh, within three years, both to cancer. And then we were just talking. I said, dude, drop the kids off here. Uh, You and I are going to go downtown. We're going to go to the Air Canada Center. We're going to watch the fights. And, you know, we're just talking here and there. And he wanted to know which fights uh, should he be paying attention to? Which ones should, and this is the one I brought up. I said, this is one of them here that neither one of us are going to be leaving the seat. Uh, if you need to pee, you're going to pee before this fight. Mm-hmm. And if you want to grab your beers, you grab your beers before this fight or after this fight. Cause in this fight here, you're going to sit down and you're going to smile ear to ear. There is no way you're, anyone's going to convince me that this one is going to be 15 minute, a 15 minute snooze fest. Somebody's head is going to be, Saturday. Uh, I don't know which one it's going to be. Uh, I better hope Cub Swanson. I mean, the first thing to go as fighters begin to age is their speed. Their power stays, but their speed begins to go. So Cub Swanson better hope his his reaction time and his speed is still there or he's going to be in tonight. Yeah, they're like, here's the thing. Like you said, this is a Fox card. Cards, what you should do is put a bunch of fights that could be really, really, really exciting. And these last three fights on this show, like I get the feeling if you spend your 60 bucks on that paper, you're not going to be sad about it. Like there's four of the five fights on this show are all on the pay-per-view are almost guaranteed to be bangers. Uh, one of those that is not guaranteed to be a banger is Tim Kennedy versus Kelvin Gastelum. Uh, Kelvin Gastelum should be considered, should be thanking people that he's even in this fight. Um, But that being said, Tim Kennedy hasn't fought in a very long time. He's been foaming at the mouth to fight for about the last couple months. He's up there. He's 37. Do you think Tim Kennedy can pull it off against uh, Kelvin Gaslam? Now, keep in mind, he lost to Yoel Romero, but there's a lot of people that think that that fight shouldn't – he could have won that fight if not for that clock error. Before that, he hasn't lost since Luke Rockhold. So what do you think here? I think this fight will be exciting in the first, you know, three minutes. Uh, If it goes past one round, I do question the fact that this thing could get ugly real soon. It could get pretty boring. And I mean, a fight's a fight. Anything can happen. But I I do see see this fight, in essence, um, exciting for the first three minutes. But after that... uh, and a lot of favorite Gaslam in this fight on seven to one eighty five, and you know, imagine he doesn't make weight there. Anyways, that's probably another story for another day. But that's his gig, and you know, he's at one eighty five now. And he's he's going to have to prove a point uh, to everyone that's going to be tuning in, all his fans and his supporters, of course, uh, to Dana White to the UFC that you know he's still a viable fighter, and it's at one eighty five, and now he's got to start a brand new journey uh, in this division, and it starts with Tim Kennedy. So he's there to prove a point. While Tim's there to say, hey, you know what? I'm still relevant, uh, despite the fact that I'm part of this new MMA AA association. So it's uh, as is Donald Cerrone, who's apparently going to have dinner with Dana 
uh, to discuss his situation with this. So it's, it's kind of crazy, this card. I want to bring up that Donald Cerrone thing real quick. Did you see where Dana White was like, well, I gave him $1,000, $100,000 of my own money whenever he had some trouble with an assault on a boat. Yep. And Ben Folks of MMA Junkie brought up a really good point. And he said, remember in the great white hype where the promoter just kept giving the fighter cars instead of money that he really needed? That's what that reminded him of. It's a very good point. Just, mm. So who said that on, uh, who said that on Junkie? Uh, ben Folks. Yeah, and I was like, that's that's a real good point. That's a real good comparison. Like, just because you've given Donald Cerrone this doesn't – I hate that mentality, the I made you, so you owe me thing. No, that's not – imagine if that, were, if, if that were the case in baseball, Joe. If the Toronto Blue Jays went up to Jose Bautista at negotiation time and said – Oh, uh, listen, we're going to give you about mm, 15% of what you're worth because we're the reason you're on TV in the Major League Baseball uh, and you're playing Major League Baseball. Uh, eh, don't know about that. Eh, not going to happen. Yeah. Not happen. Uh, I'll tell you something that pisses me off, Joe. Lando Venata is on the UFC Fight Pass portion <laughs> of the show. I know. I know. And it, it's a good fight, too. Like, it's a good fight against McDessey. That is just odd. I mean, we are the biggest. We need we need Lando shirts, man. We need seriously need some Lando shirts. Maybe ahead of the Conor McGregor. Who the is this guy? I mean, or who the f is that guy? Yeah, we we need Lando shirts. I mean, I, McDessey's my boy. I've known him for a long time, but Lando Venata is a bad dude, man. Can't wait to see that fight. A few other things on the show I want to touch on briefly: Zach Makovsky, Dustin Ortiz. Both of them rough, rough patches, but hey, in this division, you piece together two or three wins, you might get a title shot. Um, Jordan Meehan, uh, ML Weber, Meek. Uh, we have a guy who watches our show who's a big Meek fan, like big, big, big. I think Meek can beat Jordan Meehan. Um, am I pronouncing his name right? Sure. Okay. Uh, he's taking some time off, and Meek has that knockout power. He didn't want to fight for a little while. I'm sure you'll touch on that. Um, but that, that's something I'm looking for. Vivianne Pereira against Valerie Letourneau. Uh, Letourneau has shown that she can compete at the top levels. Vivianne Pereira, do not sleep on her. She is 11-0. Yeah. She is very dangerous. Um, she's fought a lot over the last few years. She's coming into this fight prepared. What else are you looking for on this show, Joe? The land, in there, the land of Atlanta fight in John McDessie. Uh, uh, with, with Valerie, I don't, I don't know what to think of Valerie anymore. I think she's, uh, she's taken her fair share of abuse. Uh, and I'm pretty sure you know which fight I'm talking about. So, um, but this, uh, Venata, uh, McDessie fight that, that, that's the one I'm looking forward to. That's going to be fantastic for sure. We've got a UFC Albany show the night before. And there are some okay fights on this. We've got like Justin Keish versus Ashley Yoder. That's going to be interesting, but there are a few fights up top that should be okay. Uh, Jean Vellante was supposed to fight Patrick Cummins. That didn't happen, but he's on the show. Corey Anderson, Sean O'Connell. I think Corey Anderson takes that. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to the co-main event and the main event. You got Francis Ngannou, Anthony Hamilton, and then Derek Lewis and Shamil. I'm just calling him Shamil. 
Uh, uh, Juliana Lima versus JJ Aldrich is also on the show. There are this they should this show should not be th- these types of shows should not exist. I'll say that. This should not happen in the US. Goes back to that theory that you and I were talking about before. I don't like these shows at all. I think I think we're gonna see be on this roster. Yeah, I think we're either gonna see fewer fights on each card or fewer cards. I mean, no pay per view in January. None. I don't know what's happening at that organization anymore. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like it's just, it's. I, I feel like there's times I'm so out of touch with what those people are doing over there, uh, and take nothing away from the whatever amount of Zufa employees are left, uh, and what WMI, WME, WWF, WWE, the World Rest Federation, the World Wildlife Federation, whatever you want to call these people, IMG, ING, uh, Tangerine, whatever, whatever, whatever they're doing over there. Fix 2017, please. Okay, let's see. Uh, we've got Derek Lewis and Shamil in the main event. Uh, this is going to be a good fight. I mean, it's going to be a good fight. Derek Lewis is in it, and it doesn't have Roy Nelson in it, so it'll be a good fight. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think takes it? I'll go with Derek Lewis. I'll go definitely with Derek Lewis. I think uh, as much as he has, he has those crazy-looking eyes and – takes his fight. I'm more I'm more concerned with the co-main event. You know, after I met Francis Ngannou, uh, that guy there is not only he's the guy that fixed my pocket square throughout uh, Titan FC 41 so he's my boy, but holy smokes, I would not want to be anywhere near that guy extending punches. Yeah, I'm I'm really terrible with the pocket square too. Francis Ngannou, Anthony Hamilton, that's a much bigger heavyweight fight than many people realize because Anthony Hamilton won two of his last three, and Ganu's doing really well. I think the winner of this should probably fight the winner of the main event, Joe. Yes, 100%. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And take nothing away from Anthony Hamilton. I mean, Travis Brown told me at length how, how, how much he loves Anthony Hamilton and how Anthony Hamilton was his boy when they were in Albuquerque and how he went down with him uh, to, uh, where did he go to, to, to Glendale or whatever. And then you know they're still sort of doing their thing. I just – Anthony Hamilton to me just – was missing that one thing that 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 next level. I don't know what it is. I don't think it's his drive. I don't think it's his killer instinct. It's it's just it, it, his inconsistency, right? Whereas Ngannou is an absolute stalker. He will just just referee step out of the way and then he starts. He starts mowing you down. He starts moving you around the octagon, and then as soon as he decides, things just get ugly. So I, I really can't wait to see that fight. I think it's going to be fantastic. I have no idea how far Albany is for me. I'm pretty sure it's it's probably a good drive, maybe six, seven hours. So I, I could go, Sean, but so I'm not going anywhere. Why, why, would, you, why would you go to that? Um, we've got a couple <laughs> of basically either, either John Vellante and Corey Anderson will have rehabilitative victories or you'll have a guy like Safarov and O'Connell who have big wins. Uh, now, you can't match up Volante and Anderson after this one because Anderson already beat him. But, you know, you got a couple of fringe uh, top 15 light heavyweights. I'm okay with this. Volante was supposed to fight Patrick Cummins. And that 10 to 15 area of the light heavyweight division is just a carousel of guys who are going to beat each other. Yeah. You know, just make the Cummins fight again after this. I'm cool with that. Uh, we also have 
Juliana Lima taking on J.J. Aldrich and uh, Justin Keish is in action. I really wouldn't mind seeing uh, either one of those women fight because, I mean, I, I like watching both of them fight. But, I, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing them uh, match up against each other if if uh, both emerge victorious. I know Justine Key, she's looking for a second straight win. And she beat Randa Marcos a few years ago. I completely yeah, forgot I, about that. I was just going to say, did you see that fight there before both of them got into the Ultimate Fighter house? Like that, that, that those two yeah. beating on each other. If you watch a lot of Justine's fights before she got in the UFC, especially some of her Muay Thai stuff, man, if, if she, she never had that knee injury, she would be an absolute tear in this division. It just sucked that she had to go through that uh, so early in her career. That scar on her leg. I mean, uh, she showed me when they did the ultimate, they introduced the, the, the that ultimate fighter cast, uh, and we had all I think all sixteen girls backstage, and I was just like, oh my, that thing does not look pretty. She's like, got to keep fighting, got to pay the bills. All right, cool, but yeah, she, I think she would have been a lot more. She could have had a different career if it wasn't for that knee injury. She's had a she's had a weird career trajectory, Joe. Like she she debuted in December of 2010 and didn't fight for two and a half years. It was two and a half years, eleven, twelve, into until August of 2013. She fought Random Marcos and she didn't have another pro fight for two years, and now it's been almost a year again. So yeah. I mean, she's 28 years old and she's missed solid years of her youth. Uh, fortunately for her, I mean, she's got plenty of time, but I mean, 28 years old, she's been in it for over, for for almost six years. Got to have more than five fights though. I mean, she's got to stay more active. Wouldn't you think? hundred percent. No ifs, ands, or buts. Something's got to be up with that. I, I shouldn't say the leg or the knee or like that, but something's got to be up. She's got to, she has to be more active, uh, cause she's got the skills, but you know, if, if you don't mm-hmm. stay sharp, Uh, she faces Ashley Yoder, who's won four fights in a row, and I think she's fought like the six. I think all her fights have been since that random Marco fight with Keish. So that's that. That should tell you uh, like how how inconsistently Keish has been in the cage. What's up with Conor McGregor, Joe? He's getting boxing licenses, and he's saying, "You all didn't strip me of shit. <laughs> you all didn't take shit from me. I still have this title." Uh, technically, he does. He is right, right. So no matter what, he he's still quote unquote the champ until the UFC puts on a pay per view with Jose Aldo and announces him as right. I mean, let's be honest for a second. Yeah. But Connor's Connor, man. I'm telling you, Connor's going to cause a lot of grief for the UFC. Mark my words, he's going to cause a lot of grief for the UFC. I think he got. It's almost comical because I think he got close to to Lorenzo and Dana, and I don't know much about if he got close to you know Frank Jr. or whatever. But I guess he kind of got close to them, or his people got close to them, and then the company gets sold, and he's like, "Whoa, how much you guys sell for? Wait a second, yeah, how much? And I'm getting what? No, 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 no. So, do you think he gets involved in this MMA AA thing? Uh, who, by the way, sent me a an email today, the MMAAA did, saying that they got a cease and desist letter from lawyers trying to prevent uh, them from uh, signing more people up, to which they said, nah, we're not, not doing happening. that. We're, we're just going to keep doing what we want. 
that's the thing. That's the thing that kind of drives like, like when, when the announcement first came out, like when George first said that in the interview I did with him, I honestly thought he was going to join what was already happening with the class action lawsuit. Uh, I wasn't under the impression that things were going to change the way they were, where, where he was going to have an affiliation with this organization here. Um, you got to think one of two things are happening. The UFC right now are basically laughing at all this going, yeah, yeah. All you three, play, all you three players out there, your unions, whatever, or your associations, keep bickering and fighting over each other, and then we'll just pay the whatever association is the lowest uh, in terms of whatever class action suit you guys want to do. Uh, at the same time, they're also thinking, wait a second, this this could get pretty ugly. I mean, don't 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 sit there and laugh at what's happening with these people trying to quote unquote take money from fighters because that's what the UFC technically has been doing or not giving to fighters. So there's going to be a lot here that's going to happen, I think, over the next uh, year or so before this all goes down. But you know, uh, with Dana White saying what he said on unfiltered, uh, it does have a bit of. Uh, you know, he's going to go after Bjorn Rebney. No, no ifs, ands, or buts. Oh, calling yeah. him Bjork and stuff like that. But we'll, we'll see what happens. I just want to see what. Sean, it feels more like um, it's not just the there's uh, um, battle over versus the UFC. It's a CAA battle versus WME IMG, right? That this is what it is. These are two major powerhouses now struggling and fighting over an entity in the UFC. You own the UFC, fine. We're going to represent the fighters, and they're going to go at each other that way. It's 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 a war behind a war, if you know what I'm saying. I completely agree. Yeah. Uh, guys, head over to Fightful.com. We've got all kinds of financial analysis. Uh, we've got some analysis coming soon from Brandon Howard about Linda McMahon's spot that she was appointed by by uh, President-elect Donald Trump. Uh, Showdown Joe's column drops tomorrow, talking about uh, Dana White as well. We've got all kinds of stuff this weekend from UFC Albany to UFC 206. Uh, Showdown Joe and I, uh, we're going to try to do a podcast early on Sunday since Joe will be at the event. So no show immediately after. Now, if something like just cataclysmic happens, you better believe I'll be on for a short update. But uh, Joe, outside of at Fightful Online on Twitter and Facebook, tell the people where they can find you. I think I just launched it there. I think you asked me to promote what I'm doing, but it's, uh, if it's regarding, yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry. Social media wise, anything, everything and everything is at showdown. Joe, uh, hit me up there. I, I'm pretty sure I'll be tweeting, uh, that evening while I'm in the air at Canada center. Uh, I'm pretty sure Sean Ross Sapp is going to try and, uh, be an enabler of the bad side of showdown Joe, but I'll try and keep it as prim and proper and professional as I can. But seeing as I'm being smart and I'm driving down, as we speak now, I'm driving down. But if I'm driving down, it means, Sean, I can't drink. So if I can't drink, I'll be behaving myself. But all of a sudden, there's a rumor that a certain party that has a fair amount of money may be sending a limo to pick us up. If that's the case, you may get some and updates that evening. But we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Either way, hit me up at Showdown Joe. I will put together a piece uh, for Fightful.com with some of the uh, interesting uh, prop bets that are available this weekend, uh, the, two, the two events here for the UFC. But, yeah, looking forward to going there, finally going back uh, you know, into an arena and sitting relatively close to the octagon. I have no idea where, where these tickets are going to be for me. But, yeah, we're, uh, it'll be a fun evening. A limo, you say? I hope that plan doesn't wash out, Joe. <laughs> well, it's apparently a stretched Hummer, so looking forward to that. 
Dang. I see you, big shot. I'm rolling on the uh, 2016. I'm not saying no to that thing. Like, yeah, do you want to pick me that. up? Cool. It's a bit of a long drive to Toronto, but yeah, no problem. Okay. Yeah. This is the address. Come by. <laughs> Guys, I am back tomorrow afternoon with Matt Riddle, I think. I don't know where he is right now. He might be in the air. He might be in China. He might be in America. As of now, I believe that we are on for tomorrow. If not, um, then the show with Shane Helms releases Friday. As I mentioned, we sent him a new mic, a new camera, so don't judge that first show. But pretty soon, that show will be members only, as will the EC3, Deanna Perrazzo, the Jason Kincaid articles in our pro series. So go to Fightful.com, register, absolutely free, no credit card required, get access to those and our forums. Guys, until next time, visit Fightful.com and Fresh Clean Tees. Go harass Fresh Clean Tees. Say, hey, Fresh Clean Tees on Twitter. We know about you because of Sean Ross Sapp and the Fightful podcast. Till next time, guys. Catch you later.